Wonder and vision. Aren't we a fine pair? This is our home now. I want us to fit in. Oh, this is gonna be a gas! Where did you two move from? How long have you been married? And why don't you have children yet? Our story. I think what my wife means to say is that we moved from... Moved from where? Married when? Damn it, why? Oh, Arthur, stop it. Stop it. Stop it. Stop it. Welcome back to Jeff Needs Help, everybody. So uh, what we have for you now is uh, it's a new division, new project of Jeff Needs Help. It's called Setting the Screen. So essentially what we're going to do is this is a podcast where we're going to review, you know, television, TV, you know, different media like that. And what we're going to do now is we're going to do WandaVision. Uh, each week, we're going to we're going to review WandaVision, uh, the new Disney Plus show that came out. So uh, everybody, um, welcome uh, Stephen Gillespie to the show. Hi, Stephen. Hey, what's going on, Jeff? Appreciate you having me on for the the debut of our new show that we're going to be doing, Setting yes. the Screen. If you're listening to the audio, you know, once again, thanks. Uh, th- these will be separate episodes. They are spoiler filled. Uh, yes. We, we will be talking in depth. We'll be talking spoilers. We'll be guessing what's going to happen next. All the above. So if you haven't watched the show, WandaVision, and you're going to, feel free to go watch it. Come back, download, listen, share, like, reply. We do not want to ruin everything for you. So with that being said, um, we're going to get started. So uh, Stephen, you ready? Yes, sir. Let's get into it. This is episode two recap of WandaVision on setting the screen with Stephen Gillespie. Uh, I called this episode Magic Show. Uh, very, yeah, very derivative. I didn't, I did not overwork on this. Critical thinking on your part there, Jeff. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I really came up, uh, I really was grinding the wheels on this one. So you, anyway. One would say you pulled a rabbit out of your hat. <laughs> oh, <man>. ah. <laughs> you really guys, you know, with, with the uh, Charlotte coming along, your dad jokes have really stepped up a notch, man. Uh, it, must yeah, be, have to. it must be, <laughs> it must be, it must be. Kids act as the infinity stones of power in reference to dad jokes. So the more kids oh. you have, the stronger your dad jokes become. You the, you're building the infinity gauntlet of dad jokes. I love it. <laughs> the so, dad gauntlet. So uh, just like just like last time, we're going to talk about the episode two of WandaVision. We're going to you know uh, we're going to break it down. We'll give our opening thoughts. We'll give our uh, best out of uh, six infinity stone ratings and our predictions for next week. So you ready, man? Absolutely, man. Let's do it. Okay. So we call this magic show. We'll kind of start going through it here. So, um, okay. Just like we did last time, just opening thoughts. You watch the show the first time after the initial watch episode two, uh, just, what what were your thoughts on it? Cause this was a, this is a, this was a little different than the first one. I think the, you know, episode one kind of walked us through things and, and told us so much about the characters. And this one here, I thought to me, I thought was more about the ancillary characters and the story and that, and uh, to be honest with you, it started kind of like leading me down a road and uh, a, a bit of mystery. So what, what was, what was your thoughts? Yeah. I think mystery plays into the whole, you know, overall theme of the show, which, you know, turns into being a magic show at the end and not, we'll, we'll walk through everything. But my initial thought was, you know, it just felt, it felt different off the get because now what, you know, from the beginning of the show, from the last episode to this one, it's like time moved forward. Like the overall time yeah. 
civilization moved forward. Well, it's, it's an important it's thing like, to happen. We're, what are we guessing? Probably we're, we went from probably late fifties to late sixties. Does that sound about right? I was, I was, I wasn't going to say as far as like time period within each decade, but it definitely felt from fifties to sixties was my, my initial yeah, thought. There you go. Yeah. It went from, I love Lucy to I dream of Jeannie, you, you know, that's like, exactly what that, happened. That's basically what I, what I gathered from the show. And, and I got to jump in and say, once again, uh, it, uh, uh she she looks great. Like just, I mean, she, she just looks great in this show. Like the new hairdo, the, the new outfit, like <laughs> my gosh, is she, she, is she owning this show? And I've talked about Elizabeth Olsen, everybody as Wanda. What just, I mean, I just, I can't, I can't believe it. Like she was, she was born for this. So uh, go, go ahead, sir. I'm sorry. I interrupted you, but I just had to say that. I get it. You're Twitter footed as they like to say in, uh, you know, Bambi, another Disney reference. So there we go. Um, overall though, I just, as I, as I watched the show, it went from eerie to I'm starting to get more comfortable with the fact that I'm going to be uncomfortable. You know what I mean? Like, all right, Ooh. it's going to be it's going to be edgy. It's going to be I knew that it was going to be still be weird, obviously, from where the first episode left off to the to the pickup of this episode. I knew it was going to get weird. I was expecting things to be different, but I wasn't expecting coming into the show that the time period was going to be different, that their home was going to be different. Uh, that the settings, you know, the environment that these characters are going to be operating in were going to be different. It wasn't going to be Vision at work again. It wasn't going to be Wanda just at home again. You know, it everything, their, their universe is expanding. And going back to what we were talking about in the first episode, Jeff, it felt like a controlled environment. You know, yeah. and it felt like a science experiment almost where you have, you have controlled variables. Now we're starting to get into, you know, an expanded sample. You know, we're, we're getting more insular characters, as you put it earlier. We're getting more, you know, um, scenes or environments, if you will, different settings. And it just it progressed. It still felt weird, but I'm starting to get used to the weirdness, if that makes sense. No, no, I think so, too. So, like, you know, that was what I said, too, is like now, now that we now we know, like you, you brought it up. Now we know what we've got and we know what to expect when the episode starts. But first of all, I just want to say once again, you can enjoy the episode just as an episode of TV. Like you could just watch this episode randomly and be like, that was, and know nothing about any of this and be like, that show was weird, but I enjoyed it because the acting is, it's so well done. There's, we're going to, when we start going through this, there's two or three characters in this that I uh, adore. Like, I don't know if they went through like Jeff's favorite shows of all time and started picking actors to play these parts, but it's, it. I, I can't believe how much I, I love it. The casting's perfect. So yeah, and that was kind of my thought too. It was like, well, that was odd, but now, now I'm, now I'm, I'm getting it now. And I thought that once again, we, you know, I talked about in episode one is that I thought that once again, vision still seems a little more naive and Wanda seems to be a little more comfortable with like figure. Like I, I think she, she's on to something. She's, Perfect. You said it way better than I could. That's, that's why I got That's why Jeff needs help, everyone. So uh, does Steve. She's she's picking up something. So, um, do you want to start? We'll we'll start going through the episode now. Do you want to start? Yeah. We'll, we'll start going down through it. So, um, you know, it opens up. Um, oops. Uh, opens up with a that, that oops. Everybody, we're, we're we're also live. Anybody wants to watch us live? A YouTube channel. Go to Facebook. Find us. You can see me and Steven do the show live. If you're listening to this, the audio, I know podcast. So, um, so anyway, so we see the visions in bed. I call him the visions, even though there's no last name. It's, it's really, it's really Wanda and vision. It's not his yeah. last name, but it's easier to call him that. Uh, they're in, they're in separate beds. We this could just call Wanda vision. 
WandaVision. Yeah. So, yeah. So they're in separate beds. Uh, and th this is a weird, I can't wait to hear what you made of the scene because I can't figure it out. So there's this weird scene where they hear something outside. Vision is scared. And so I'm going to give you a theory about this here in a second. So Vision's scared. No, I shouldn't say scared, but timid, frightened. Wanda's like, what do you think that is? They're having this conversation. And it turns out to be a, you know, a tree beating against the window or something. And Vision is very relieved. And we mm -hmm. talked about in episode one, Vision's a bad dude. Like th yeah. th th this is not his personality. And so then they also do a little thing here, which I thought was cool as far as a nod to the television world is they join the bed. And that's mm -hmm. about in TV when they went from separate beds on uh, television shows and they started uh, couples, you know, started, they showed, showed them in one bed. Uh, that was kind of neat how they did that. And mm -hmm. once again, like, you know, they, uh, they have a little scene there to where, uh, you know, they're getting a little frisky with each other. These, yep. the, the chemistry in these two is amazing. Like I totally buy it. Like mm -hmm. I totally buy, you know, that they're a couple in love and all that stuff. Just, just great. But uh, so what did you make of the what did you make of the the scared of the noise outside scene? Because I, I just I can't figure out what the, what what was happening there. It's very weird. And we'll talk about this as the story progresses. But noise was like a central theme in this episode. Noise always kind of turned it, it kind of turned the tide of the way that the story was progressing. It centered around noise, you know, and the way that Marvel tells stories, you have to to literally pay attention to everything you know jeff we, we talked about this offline you have to watch the show as entertainment first and then you know you come back with your notepad and you pause you, really you have to pause like every 30 seconds like and i'm that's why i'm glad that these shows are only about 25 23 27 minutes long because i'm pausing so much and even in the opening one minute i pause so much because there's so many easter eggs but noise was the central theme in this episode for me that I picked up on. And when they see this, you know, vision gets up, he's looking around, you know, did you use your night vision vision? Like that, I thought that that was cute. <laughs> how they threw that line in there, but you know, vision gets up and investigates and you're right. He, you said maybe not scared, but that was the impression that I get that he was scared. Cause he jumps in bed yeah. and does blankets over his face like if that's not scared i don't know what is like that's like a child almost you know what i mean so, so since you said that i'm gonna jump in real quick um well i think we'll figure this out by the time we get through episode nine um <laughs> as you spark that this is what i'm thinking i i got a it's a, a prediction I'll, I'll reiterate later but um i think that vision we saw him get we saw him destroyed right mm. i think he may be in a childlike state, like it's possible that this is a this this could be a continuation of after Infinity War, and that he is because if you watch um or not watch I'm sorry if you read like the original Ultron book and stuff this is it, it kind of reminds me of how Ultron became smart like when he first started like he had to learn so I think yeah. my theory is that Vision is learning to re to become Vision again and that's why. When you know they they use the scared of the noise outside like a child would be, and then then he learned like oh you don't have to be scared of that like he's figuring he's figuring all this out and that that's just the way they're telling us that's just my theory that I think Vision may have he's been grown up real quick as that scene progresses when the bed right went. yeah he learned a lot in that scene <laughs> uh, yeah I can't blame him have you seen her I mean, hey 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 yeah, <laughs> yeah. I his wife. No, I mean, yeah, I mean, it's good, you know, I mean, you know, the two will come together and, you know, become one flesh, you know, as, as the good book said, but that cold opening with, yeah, with the noise, like, and that's something. 
something that as we talk through episode one and I've gone back and I've watched this over is that I, it's just something when you watch these shows, you have to watch them several times because you learn something new every day. It's just like the movies. When you watch the movies, you pick up on subtle little hints and noise was just something that I picked up on. But then it gets from there, Jeff, it goes into the introduction video, which they did not really have as long or as elaborate yes. as one. That was a new and, addition. And this is and the theme song's different. I know that's funny. Yep. And in the intro video, there's so many Easter eggs. I'm just going to throw a couple of them out. I know that we typically like to talk about these at the end of the show, but no, 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 please do. In the intro video, as vision is phasing from the upstairs to the downstairs, if you pause it for just a brief second, you will see a helmet that resembles that of the Grim Reaper, who in in a couple of in a couple of different storylines is a pretty integral part of Wanda and Vision. If you I remember, don't, I don't know this. If you remember in um, the 2015's The Visions, um, this doesn't involve Wanda at all, so I'm not really necessarily spo- spoiling this. When Vision is away doing Avenger things, the Grim Reaper just so happens to show up and and, and takes out Holy cow. Yes. members of the family, and then and then Virginia dismantles and buries the Grim Reaper in their yeah. home. Which is pretty much the the yeah the storyline, yeah, and and it turns into a whole another thing of events. If you haven't read it yet, I highly encourage it. Yeah, but it, I couldn't I help but wonder. And, oh, and it just so happens that in the comic books that um, Grim Reaper is the brother of Wonder Man, who is used to create Vision. But that's a whole another thing that we could get into. Yeah, but, um, I can't go down the Wonder Man wormhole. That's a it's it's insane. Oh, and, and there's another nod to Wonder Man here in this video that I'll talk about here in just a second. But when it shows the Grim Reaper's helmet and there's bones and cobwebs and stuff like hidden in between the levels of the house, it made me wonder about that 2015 Vision series where, you know, like I said, that Vision's wife takes out Grim Reaper and buries him. So I'm like wondering, like, is Grim Reaper going to show up in this video, in the show or the It's just so weird how that broke down. And then fast forward through this video, we start seeing, we see, you know, Wanda in the supermarket. And if you look in the supermarket, there's several advertisements up towards the ceiling. One of them just says the word wonder, which is another nod to Wonder Man, which is how Vision in the comic is created. Another one says Auntie A's kitty litter, which is a nod to Agatha Harkless, or, or in this show I'm presuming is Agnes, Agnes. and it has a cat on there. In the comic book, she has a cat named Ebony who can transform into a panther. So it's cool that they have Auntie A's kitty litter with a cat on there. And then the other one, excuse me, it says Bova Milk. And if you're familiar with the the birth story of Wanda and uh, Peter, as I'm going to just refer to him from now on, if I ever bring him up again, Bova <laughs> is an actual no kidding cow that acts as like a like a nurse's assistant for birthing. And she actually birthed Wanda and her brother. So it was just neat how in that video that they unveiled several subtle little things just in like 15 seconds. No, no, it's a, it, like how they do all this. And, and that's, that's awesome that they do it. And then, the, you know, like, <laughs> man, that's, that was awesome. I, I could just sit back and listen to your Easter eggs. <laughs> that's amazing. That's I, I love that kind of stuff, man. Like There's more coming by the way, if you're interested. Oh, no, it's great. Oh no, the show is, this episode two is packed. Um, yes. So then we, uh, you know, I had the cartoon next. All, you know, we with the cartoon, we went on. And then so we got the, 
the magic show practice. This is where uh, Vision and Wander practice for the talent show. They're going to do magic. They've got a, a you know a disappearing in the closet you know kind of thing. Mystery, yes. But, yeah, and um, this this was one to where like I still like. I enjoyed the scene as, as its own scene, them working together, because once again, the chemistry is awesome. They act so great off of each other. It's, it's just, um, they're really, really doing quality work. Now I don't really know, like, I'm sure you're getting ready to tell me what this scene meant as far as the practice. Um, but, uh, I, I see this is where, once again, I think is Wanda is Wanda teaching vision somewhere like in, in their quote unquote real world. That's all I can think of is, is, is Wanda, you know, trying to get vision back. Uh, and that's all, that's all I can think of in this when, cause she's, it always feels like she's the one directing him. Yeah. You know what I mean? I, like, little yeah. tips. Like, he, I don't, I can't remember in the first two episodes, a time to where vision has given her advice. Does that make any sense? Like he, he doesn't seem to ever correct her. Like, Oh no, honey, you can't do that. Or no, you can't do this. Like, it's always her kind of like, Oh, you know what I mean? Like, so that's why I, I'm sticking with my theory. Yeah, to this point in the early practicing of the magic act, no. But as the story progresses, and we'll talk about oh, here, as, a, yes. as a go, he does kind of start picking up a little bit, like how you were saying, almost as if he's a child and she's like teaching him like, hey, this is the way things are done. Because even in this early part where they're practicing the magic show, he's like, like Wanda dear, don't you think that the, that they'll be able to see our deception? And she goes, no, but like, that's the point, sweetie, real magic. She points out to say, um, or I'm sorry, she doesn't say real magic. She says this magic is meant to, you know, be able to be figured out basically, you know, paraphrasing here, but she makes a distinguishing between that type of magic and this type of magic. Like there's obviously different types in the, in the comic realm. Yeah. And then, um, so then the next thing that happens is this is, this is a, this is a pretty big moment. Uh, you hear the noise Wanda, Mm. which once again, when Wanda goes outside, she always, she knows that there's something else going on. Like it's obvious now that she is a little more aware that there's a bigger picture here. And so sometimes I, sometimes I think that Wanda's hiding, you know what I'm saying? Like, as opposed to, as opposed to, you know, being, uh, manipulated, like I, I can't. I can't quite figure it. Anyway, she hears the noise, goes outside. She knows that something's up. And she, uh, every time that she thinks the real world is, is, is closing in, she gets very nervous. And we'll talk about that more later. So she goes out in the bush. What do we have? We have a, a live colors. One of the first you know, few actual colored things we've seen in it. It's the helicopter. Um, and, you know, she looks around, you know, grabs the helicopter, looks around. Uh, so what's that about? You tell me, man. It's very suspenseful, and you you mentioned the color. I, I talked about in the last episode, episode one, the only time that we see color, and I miss it the first time I watch it, but if you go back and look with the toaster the, made toaster. by Stark Industries, you see, that, you see that little flashing red light. And I thought at this moment, upon initial viewing, that this was the first time you see color, but no, it was back in episode one. But this is the first time in this episode where you see an abundance of color. It's red and, it's red and yellow, another nod to Stark in, in his family, right? Very Iron Man color. And again, that's in keeping with what I like to think are her memories are kind of starting to resurface and Stark seems to be an integral part, right? Because of how traumatic that experience was with her family when she was rescued and then ultimately brought in to help Ultron in Age of Ultron. So we see this, we see the helicopter, um, we hear an explosion, but we, but she comes out and it's a toy helicopter. It's not like a giant, like life-size helicopter yeah. that you would think yeah. would match with that level 
with that level of noise that we heard in the house. It's like a big boom comes out in this little plastic looking helicopter painted in stark colors also shows the emblem of a sword with that little wreath around it again, which is another subtle nod to the sword again. Right. So she's kind of entranced and she's like staring at this and it's very suspenseful. It goes from being eerie in the first episode to when these types of moments happens, it's suspenseful. You know, it's almost like a whole nother theme. And, and, you know, it also shows the number 57. I'm not quite sure why that's on there, but you don't really accidentally see numbers in Marvel no, like that. I don't think there's an accident in this show. I don't think there's, a, I don't think anything placed in the show is an accident. Uh, you know, so you see the helicopter. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So in, in case people didn't get to see uh, or listen to episode one, Steven's theory is that these, these moments like this, the commercials and stuff are Wanda's memories, uh, yeah. you know, coming back to her. So like, that, and this that is commercial, yeah, the, the helicopter isn't a commercial, but the reason I brought up right. the commercial last time is because the correlation to Stark, the family it, of Stark, right? It could still be a way to show memories, which I mean, there's obviously yeah. some sort of like there, there's some, yeah, we just, we can't quite put the mystery together. Yet. So yeah. then, um, so then it's awesome. Uh, you know, Agnes, Agnes is back. Um, Agnes is taking, is taking uh, Wanda and they're going to go meet the, uh, did you notice what she called her when they first met? I'm sorry. I've I watched no, this so much. No, don't be sorry. This is what we're here you know, for. You know what they called her? And again, like there's going to be a magic show later that they're practicing for. But when she's staring at this helicopter and it's getting suspenseful, you mentioned Agnes shows up and she says, isn't it? The, well, she says um, she calls her the star of the show. Oh, really? Isn't that crazy that she called her the star of the show? With the show coming up later in the magic act, but like this is also like the show within the show that we just keep calling yeah. this television series, right? I just thought oh, that yeah. that was. Oh yeah, Agnes. Everything Agnes does is has a huge purpose. I think she's probably uh, the the key part of this entire series, if I had to guess. And Catherine Hawn can carry that load. I think there's yeah, no doubt. She's, so she's so. so good. So I, I get so excited about this. So they have a they have a conversation. Now this is where it's more of just a typical TV show. They're talking about having a meeting with like the local um, party uh, committee. Yeah, yeah. Which is essentially, you know, in the '60s things were you know just the way they were portrayed a little different. It's essentially a, a group of housewives is what you know they would be referred to back then or whatever to set the stage and that and that's part of the show. They they don't they 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 lean into those stereotypes a little because they're essentially trying to pull off a 60s sitcom it gets very confusing except yes. for then once you start looking at the diversity and stuff then obviously it's not so it's it's really cool kind of how they're blending the two worlds so um so we get to meet Dottie, and i just want to say oh my gosh it's anya from buffy it's emma yes. Caulfield, one of my favorite characters in the history of television or my favorite show in the history of television i couldn't believe it as soon as i heard her voice like i almost jumped off the couch man um like my and what wife, was her role in her role in Buffy? What what did she play? She so she was a she was a she was a, a vengeance demon and demon. she was yeah she was a demon a vengeance demon who her uh, her job was to take vengeance on men and then she wound up being an integral character and her and Xander had a relationship and she she is perfect in that show as a as a demon trying to act like a human. And it, it's just, uh, it's a, they picked the perfect person for it. Uh, so, so, so we get to meet Dottie and then, you know, you have all the, uh, 
tensions and you know they're having the conversations and of course wanda doesn't fit in Dottie's very overbearing you know typical uh and then the whole time catherine i call her catherine hahn sorry agnes is essentially kind of narrating things to like so so here's what we know now too we we see the conversation with with the women around and they're discussing the event that's going to happen later yeah, and the whole time Agnes is completely aware of what's going on. So whatever her part is in this story, she is kind of all knowing, uh, because she, you know, she um, she's not naive to think that she does that she thinks Wanda's, you know, she's showing Wanda like magic and stuff, but she's also part of the community. So Agnes seems to be the one character that's like all knowing uh, what's going on here. Like she is in the know, like and- almost like a witch, almost right. Well, exactly. I mean, it, it's it absolutely has to be her. Uh, yeah. It's so cool, so cool. What a what a great scene! And then another treat. Wanda sits down. She, she starts talking to the woman beside her. They they make friends. She mm-hmm. introduces herself as Geraldine, but it's actually we we know who it is. It's Monica Rambo. It's yep. Captain Marvel. Oh my gosh, the original Captain Marvel. Well, one of the original Captain Marvels, like before Carol Danvers. She was probably in the comics. I think she was Captain Marvel in maybe the 70s or early 80s. Yeah. And so it's crazy. I just want to go, I want to touch back to Agnes and, you know, Dottie being together. And if you saw Not me clear. reach from you, what you did, so just explain again what the Vengeance Demon's role was in Buffy for me, please. Oh, I mean, she, she, you said that she took vengeance on men who had wronged, wronged people. Uh, I, I can't remember exactly, but essentially she was a vengeance demon on men. Um, specifically men though. Uh, I believe so. I don't, Oh man, I got a crazy theory now that you just turned me on to later off of another Easter egg. That's in the show. Okay. Well, don't forget it. Cause that's awesome. So I I just had to throw out there that, that Anya's back and I got to meet Monica Rambo who Monica Rambo, like if um, I'm sure most people know, but she is a legend in comics. She's an African American superhero. She was uh, captain Marvel. And I, I say that because that's a big deal. Like she, like she's she's a legend. Monica Rambo's a legend. If you if you've seen the Captain Marvel movie, essentially, Gerald the daughter is the daughter. Yes. Yeah, that's she stumbles with her name and says, "I'm I'm Geraldine," which is the daughter, but it's Monica Rambo. That's that's who this is. And and if you look at the actress once again, cast perfectly, uh, Tayona Paris is her name. And if you look at her, you know, she's going to be a superhero. Like she is, she's, she looks the part. She's, you know, she's, you know, she's great looking, you know, physically, you can tell that she's, you know, just being honest, she could wear a Captain Marvel suit. Like you can tell that this is going to become something. And again, by the way, Monica Rambo's Captain Marvel outfit is bar none. One of the greatest of all time. So super excited. Uh, you know, when I, when I met her, I mean, my gosh, so she's, she's obviously she's here for a reason. So now we've got Scarlet Witch, we've got Vision, we've got a Captain Marvel, uh, we've got, we've got witches. I mean, things are, things are really picking up and, uh, you know, we're in the beginning of episode two. It's just, just, just amazing. And that, so, and then that scene, there was a couple little things that I wanted to touch on real quick that I think yeah, are pretty. So Agnes introduces the rabbit named Senior Scratch, which is I think is a callback to her son in the comics. Name is Nicholas Scratch. Coincidence? Oh, okay. I think not. So I, again, like they're just keep pointing that Agnes is Agatha Harkness. Like this, this episode leaves little to zero doubt in yeah, my it, mind that, yeah, that she's right. Agatha 
like that, uh-huh. that that puts it to bed to me when she calls says senior scratch and her son's name in the comics is nicholas scratch like it's done it's over and really? so another part where Dottie is explaining that the devil is in the details and then you see agnes kind of break that fourth wall and she's like that's not the only place he is again i think that that's a nod what we were talking to in episode one about mephesto who yeah. in, in yeah. the comics is mephesto is the devil you yes. know so another another back into that and then the weird saying that they say for this episode the reason that they're even putting on this magic show is for the children and then everybody else says for the children yeah the for the children they bring up a lot and you know to take note there's no children in the show so as of now we have not seen any anybody uh sub adult age in this show so that's that's a theme of this i I didn't even notice that i didn't even notice any kids at all there's no pets or, 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 well, you got the rabbit, but there's, it's not like a, you know, it's not a community with dogs and cats and, and children running around, which would obviously be in a neighborhood. They, there would be. So Dottie is a, is, is a force. Uh, she is, I doubt she's a, a quote unquote good guy. I don't know who she's going to be. I'm sure, you know, I'm sure a lot of people know. Who Dottie is. You just turned me on onto that based off of her Buffy character and another Easter egg in the show. And I also just want to say real quick that Monica Rambo being put out in this episode where she was in Captain Marvel, where they introduce what we can, what will probably, what probably ends up being sword, you know, where Nick Fury is in space and they're, they're oh, on these like space. Yeah. That's another, I think that obviously sword is going to be an integral part with the logos and everything in episode one. And now they're bringing in a character from the movie in which they were introduced at the end credits. Yeah. And and Monica Rambeau will be a hit. I, I just can't wait to see what, to see what they do with that character. So um so we've met Dottie. We we talked about for the children. I mean that's a huge theme in it. It's 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 weird. It's eerie, like Stephen said, and that's what it's supposed to be. So that that's a common theme about the children. So that also leads me to well, I don't want to. I mean we know that uh, the Vision and Wanda, you know the twins and all that. I don't know how many people know the storyline, but I mean the, the the theme that children keeps coming up is really alluding to the twins. Um, but we might get into a little more of that later. So we might just, they could be depending yeah, on yeah. who's controlling everything around them. If it's Vision controlling everything around them, then it's a completely different set of twins as if Wanda's making reality what it is. Oh yeah, yeah, and and and, and you know it's MCU, like you said, they take liberties. It might be a combination. Yeah. Um, so, uh, yeah, then, uh, so then vision, uh, Wanda's at the meeting with the, uh, the ladies and vision goes to the neighborhood watch party and, mm-hmm. and I know, and he gets there and he's trying, he's trying his best to, to, to fit in, to, to, to be a part of it. But what, what's kind of odd, once again, nobody thinks he's weird, which is where these things are are so different like he gets there and he's completely odd but nobody acknowledges it so obviously once again this is not a fake life that they're living this they're not undercover it's not a spy thing it's a alternate reality so uh so we had the neighborhood watch meeting i get to meet some more characters and now i don't know did you notice or any of the or any of the men at the neighborhood because once again this is an old sitcom one meeting one meeting is women's only one meeting is men's only Uh, so any of the men were there any easter eggs there in the neighborhood watch party well i wouldn't say that there's necessarily a um an easter egg there i do feel like the head of the neighborhood watch party i think his name is herb in there he mm-hmm. seems like throughout the progression of the show that he's going to be an integral part of this story moving is forward. He, is that who he called a communist? 
Uh, no, that's Norm. And Norm, if you remember, was yeah. at he was also at the at work with at Vision work. Episode One. So, as that's well cool. as the mustache gentleman who I can't remember. I his can't name. remember either. He was, but that- he was the one that got fired by Mister Hart at the end of episode or at the beginning. Yes. Of episode. So they were all pretty funny guys. I mean, they they did a good job. And so then, I'll ask you this: so the communism comment because we know that like. We know a lot of Marvel, uh, you know, universe took place. It's taking place over a hundred years. So especially with like Captain America and stuff, there was a lot of like just straight up battling like political adversaries and stuff. Is the communist comment meant to put us in the time frame of the TV show, quote unquote TV show, or is it relevant to the story? Like, you know, like we're talking about Hydra or something. What, what do you think? Well, I mean, w- We'll talk about Hydra here in a little bit too, as a sh- as the show progressed. Oh, really? We I didn't know that. <laughs> well, we definitely saw a, a call to Hydra in the oh. commercial that happens later. Oh, in the wait. commercial, yeah. And so, back to Norm though. If you remember, they're working together, and he's he goes to Norm a lot and is trying to figure out what things are. And also, if you remember, Vision at this point he can't really exaggerate. He even says that himself. That he, he that he is not capable of exaggeration. So, I think that Herb, you know, and there's going to be another entity that's going to be talked about here in the show, especially towards the end of what happened in episode two. It or excuse me, Norm, not Herb, the one that was working with him. I think that he truly is a, a communist, so to speak. And this happens if it's in the '60s. If the '60s is relevant to the events that are happening around them, it obviously. Hydra is alive and kicking yeah. and doing things. And so, you know, communism isn't necessarily just talking about Russians. You know, when we hear that word yeah, communism, exactly. we typically think Russian, but in, in the comic world, it typically goes to Hydra. Yes, so, exactly. that was my thought too. I think that Norm is Hydra. And when he says that, everyone looks around. And then because everyone else is sitting there like gossiping and telling jokes, everyone laughs but vision already himself in this television series says that he is incapable of exaggerating so i think he knows something about norm yeah i do too i think that was revealed it yeah i do too i think there's a i think that hydra's definitely at play here so so then we'll move, we'll move on to i mean a lot of stuff happens there but obviously we can't retell the episode because there's so many things to get to um, yes so then we get now this is where I would admit things get a little odd and and I I don't think I'll know until the series is over what this is about. So he says he, he well he vision doesn't eat. He famously tells people like he doesn't eat food. They kind of look at him. He's like, "Oh no, I eat all the time." And then so they offer him a piece of gum. Mm-hmm. And he's like, "Oh, I can do that." And they're like, "I thought you didn't eat." And he's like, "Oh no, I and he he has a very proper term is going like, food yeah 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 so you know he's chewing the gum you know trying to blend in so to speak so then he he gets patted on the back because because once he takes the gum then all of a sudden he fits in so that also plays to the uh, hydra thing as far as like oh he's one of us kind of or whatever yeah. group or you know what i mean all of a sudden they, they accept him into the group because he took the piece of gum now i don't know what the piece of gum is going to wind up being like in the, you know what i mean like what it actually stands for I haven't figured that out yet, and I may not. I didn't think about that, but that's a very interesting concept. Yeah, like once he accepts the gum, then then they're all of a sudden like, they're all buddies. Like initiation almost. Yes, and then he swallows the gum. They show the cartoon in yeah. inside the vision. The gum gets tangled in gears. Uh, yes. So we don't know. We don't. So essentially, it's some sort of poison or drug. Uh, uh, is basically what he acts like. He acts like he's drunk or intoxicated. Yeah, and all of a sudden he's drunk. 
Okay. Yeah. So they show the gun, bind him up. He, and Paul Bettany is made to play a drunk. I don't know if anybody likes, I don't know if anybody uh, yeah. likes the, um, I'll shoot the movie he made with Heath Ledger. It was so great. Uh, Night's Tale. I don't know if anybody loves the Night's Tale as much as I do. It's one of my favorite movies ever. He, he he's great in that movie. So he he's going to be drunk. So we'll move. On. <laughs> oh wait, this is right when we heard. I can't remember. You'll probably remember. This is right about the time I've got it in my notes here in sequence. We heard the uh, radio voice talking yeah. to Wanda. Um, Absolutely. I, yeah. So maybe you can touch on that a little bit if you remember why I've got that wrote down here. Yeah, um, I have I have a couple key key phrases written down. So and and you're right, like it does kind of go back and forth between the the ladies at the pool and the men at the library. And so it goes from the men at the library to the ladies are at the pool, and then Dottie and Wander are talking, and it starts getting more intense. You know, yeah. it, it's getting intense. They both they, know what's up. Yeah. So basically, Dottie, who's the chair of the committee, says specifically, she was like, "I've heard things about you and your husband." And then Wanda kind of slowly starts creeping up to her. It's like, well, whatever you, whatever you've heard, I can assure you that we're not here to harm anybody. Like why use that phraseology? Why say that you're not here to harm anybody? Great question. And, and you're Avengers and you have harmed, you know, villains. And, you know, there's been, you know, wh- what's it called? Um, when, when innocent people get hurt, there's a term for that that I'm blanking on now. Um, collateral damage. Thank collateral you. damage. Yeah. So there's collateral damage. So, they've hurt people in collateral and in an intent. And she says, I'm not here to harm anybody. And then she says, I don't believe you. And then meanwhile, the beach boys song, help me Rhonda is playing. It says, help me Rhonda, help me Rhonda. And then it starts breaking up and it turns from Rhonda into Wanda. And then we start hearing this voice saying, it's, they start saying, um, where is it at? I have it written down. Oh, who's doing this to you? Yeah, who's Wanda? doing this to you, Wanda? Who's doing this to you, Wanda? Yeah. And there's speculation that based on the cast that was hired, that this is going to be Detective Wu, who, if you remember, was in part yeah. of Ant Man and the Wasp. That is, that is the voice too. That is him. Okay, yeah. So that's gonna this basically introduce indirectly Detective Wu, who whole lot of speculation as to what's going on here we know that they're in some sort of controlled environment based on what we saw at the end of episode one that they're being surveilled so i don't know if it's like someone's trying to break through into them and there's another event at the end of the show that keeps happening but there seems to be some sort of like intervention where wanda is trying to get broken through and all of this Dottie asks who are you and then she you know the radio explodes Dottie breaks the glass and then we see the crimson oh, in her hand. Yeah, that was a great scene. Uh yeah, she's she breaks the glass in her hand, the blood, you know, in his full is in full color and and runs down. But once again, she nobody freaks out. So like we're all in on this. Like, back to normal. As soon yeah, as the, yeah. the blood is covered, snaps back to normal. And I just gotta say, through all this, we I've I've you just praised and praised, you know, um Elizabeth for how great she's doing. And mm-hmm. and Emma Caulfield went toe to toe with her. Like, like these actresses are absolutely killing it. It's, it's, it was unbelievable. Like, you know, it just, it was really just great. What a great scene. I Dottie's great. Um, I just couldn't, couldn't like her more. And so, um, yeah. So then we had the radio voice. We move on to another commercial, uh, another giant uh, Easter basket full of Easter eggs here. So this is the Strucker watch commercial that we see. And I don't, I didn't personally know this, um, 
this character and what they're talking about. But I know that Strucker is a huge part uh, of the of the comic world. Do you know anything about Strucker? Well, if you remember in um, Age of Ultron, which is where we're introduced to both Scarlet Witch and Vision, they're both brought up in this movie together, and yes. they've forever been linked ever since then in the MCU. So Strucker is the one that basically awoken the powers between Wanda and her brother, Peter, who essentially is Quicksilver yes. based on what was going on with the, the, um, the experiments with Loki scepter at that moment, right? With the infinity right. stone. So basically their powers were awoken here and also call back. If you remember in earlier in the episode where it shows the wallpaper, the same, the same, um, compound that they were, um, experimented on, is on the wallpaper in their kitchen. That same compound is on there. So another quick little Easter egg. But Strucker is integral part because one, he's a part of Hydra. And then two, he's the one that basically um, enhanced the powers that were buried inside Wanda. A huge um, part of, he's a huge part of the, the twins. Basically uh, sparks them. Yes, sparks exactly. Them and then Ultron comes in and swoops them up in, in, in their vulnerable state you know, just solely want revenge for what happened. And, you know, the rest is on, is developing in front of our eyes right now in episode two. Yeah, no doubt. Yeah. Once again, I mean, it, this was an obvious one, um, but, but a neat commercial too. So oh, they, and just so you know, if you remember at the end of, or at the beginning of episode one, where it shows the calendar and the, and the date that's marked on there with a the heart is eight twenty three. If you look at the watch, in the commercial it's pointing at eight and then in between two, three on the watch. So eight twenty three oh, is a, is an ongoing number. Oh yeah, for sure. Um, and it's the same, I'm sorry. It's the same man and woman in this commercial as it was in episode yeah. one. So further, further affirming my opinion that they are um, Wanda's parents. Oh wow. Yeah. That's pretty cool. Um, I hope they are. Yeah. So then we go to the drunk magic show. Wanda's there. They're, it's the talent show. They're putting it on for you know the town in the in the square. And they're set up on the stage. Wanda's waiting with the the closet and uh, waiting for Vision to show up. And he shows up. And essentially, like Stephen said, he the gum has tangled up his gears. Is what they're showing you. He's drunk. He's 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 playing really really drunk. If you haven't seen it, and it's uh, Paul Bettany's great at it. But now I I still don't know like what it means. So <laughs> so what happens is they they're doing their their. We'll, we'll go through it real quick, and then we'll get your thoughts on it, Stephen. They uh, they do their donor magic, you know, act. But Vision, since he's not with his you know full capacity, uh, keeps using his powers. He's phased things through him. He picked up a piano, and the entire time Wanda has to keep using her magic so mm -hmm. to keep people from the 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 people watching who we've met a lot of them from figuring out that uh, of the powers, which is odd because we've already acknowledged it so many times, like everybody knows it's not real. So she has to use her magic the entire time to, to prevent vision from being found out every time he yeah. uses one of his powers. And then, um, and then, you know, but by the time, you know, then when it's all said and done, everybody claps and like one of the greatest magic shows ever. And everybody's so happy with them. Even Dottie. Yeah. Uh, that's a big part of this. So, so <laughs> let's break down this scene a little bit, man, a lot happened, but uh, what's, what, what, what's the purpose? Like what, what went on here? Well, so they're trying to gain acceptance into the community, right? And this uh, talent or magic show, rather, this magic show that they're putting on again for the children, and then what? everybody else says for the what? children. Just yeah, one of my, we were just I was saying one of my crackpot theories is that like I don't think they, I don't think this was to me. 
I saw it as they weren't as much about them trying to ingrain themselves in the community as they're being forced to do it. So in my mind, it's another thing in the real world. Like somebody is like trying to use their powers for expose their powers or, or figure it out or use them for harm or whatever. Cause I didn't feel like the Wanda and vision were willing participants. Um, it, it, but I, that's just me. I'm just, that's, I'm just throwing my theory out there. That could be in the, and that could be back to what we keep talking about is Agnes basically serving as the mentor in the comics and essentially doing the same thing, trying to integrate them into the community. You know, we don't see this happen, but you know, we could theorize and use critical thinking that, Agnes may have kind of spurned them on to do this because it's a big deal in the community. You know what I mean? And if they want to be accepted as normal, they want to start a normal life together. Um, even though it still feels weird that they don't really know what's going on, that in order to gain acceptance, this is just something that they have to do, you know, to keep up, to keep up the facade. Yeah. Makes sense. Yeah. So we see this happen and just again, real quick. So they, they use two names as their kind of stage names. And one of them, I'm trying to find where I have it. Oh, so it's their illusion and glamour. And if you remember in the comics, they actually have friends named illusion yeah. and, 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 and glamour. And there's a whole lot going on there. But basically what we see is them go through, like you said, you know, the series of magic tricks and, you know, it's really cool how much they tie into other comics. And I keep bringing up that 2015's vision. If you remember in the comics, the kids in order to gain acceptance from their peers, they do similar things. One of them is exact the same. Uh, the, the son, Vin, lifts up a piano in yeah. order to impress the kids around them. And so, you know, Vision in this scene is doing that to impress that the people. That was a really neat scene. That was a really neat scene as far as effects, too. I really like yes. the scene on how, like, so if anybody hasn't, I'm sure everybody's watched. So he picks up, the, you know, a full a full size, you know, grand piano and everybody, like, oohs and ahs, like, what? And then Wanda uh, immediately, like, uh, uses the magic to when he she goes over and grabs it and it looks like it weighs nothing and then when she turns it's it's essentially a piece of cardboard like a set yeah. piece like she That's turns good. it into, I, yeah it was the, the just the as far as to go back to like I, the showrunners and the use of special effects this was a great looking scene because they used a lot of special effects in a in a in a hurry um, you know you had a phase you had you know the picking up the piano you had all of Wanda's magic but I like the use of Wanda's magic better in this show because it doesn't look I never liked it in the MCU like her weird motions and throwing the red stuff I never felt comfortable I never liked it I've, I've, I'm I say it again I couldn't stand it this looked great this is how she should look using her magic this is what Scarlet Witch would look like using her magic not not whatever they told her to do in the MCU Th- this whole scene was just both of them it just looked great they, they uh it looked natural it looked you know it looked how it's the comic you know we talked about that at the beginning of the show i dream a genie just did the hand hand and then blinked yeah. and then things were done she does the twinkle of the fingers yep. it's a lot more subtle and then that happens it with way it's way more believable than that the yeah. goofy fireball energy yeah yeah and, and what's crazy with well, the biggest one, obviously, that they don't get a chance to explain is when Geraldine ap- appears in the Cabinet of Mysteries, because and this is weird, too. Like, there's something about the Cabinet of Mysteries that I think is bigger than what's letting on. Like, I don't know Agreed. if this is part of Doctor Strange theory or not. That's, because That was my first thought that it had something to do with Strange. Because they use cauldrons. They use all kinds yeah. of things. And they, they're like the object of something that's powerful. Right. So, like, the Cabinet of Mysteries is probably something that is very specific in use. And they use it in here and Geraldine comes through it. And it's really weird. The reason why I bring that up is because when 
Vision is doing his thing. He taps on the cabinet while Wanda is still outside. Everyone in the crowd knows that something has to be in there, which because it's really weird how they just are like, okay, well, what's in the box? Because it's yeah. almost like oh, that how how that cabinet works. Yes, if you exactly. just brought through, and I don't know if that maybe you know. I just thought of this just now. Maybe that's how like this universe is created, is specifically through that cabinet of mysteries. Because Geraldine is somehow magically pulled through this cabinet, unknowing as to how she got through there. But everyone in that community, other than Wanda and Vision, it seems like knows that once you do that to the cabinet of mysteries, something has to go through. Like that's just how it works, and that's what that's like the feeling I got from that particular scene. Yeah, for sure. I did too. I, I had very, very, and we know that Dr. Strange is part of the fourth phase. So there's, yeah. there's a very good chance that this is going to tie into him. I mean, it only makes sense. So yeah, I mean, it was just it was a really cool scene. A lot went on, you know, they got to use a lot of the powers and stuff like that. Um, you know, you got to see like, you, you know, you touched on how the, how the townspeople reacted, uh, mm -hmm. which was a huge part of it. And you, you know, once again, you touched on that brilliantly um so then uh so they win the talent show um you know it's it's, it's a big deal you know everybody claps um for the children <laughs> yeah for the children is really odd but they win the talent show but then they're like they they're, they're i think they're wanda's wanda's specifically is more happy that they didn't get found out for real powers like it, this vision in the in that time too like the gum yeah. comes his body and then he snaps back to normal i think we yeah. just kind of lost over that but yeah that happened as well yeah so yeah so like she's she's relieved that that um they didn't get found out so to speak for their actual powers like that seems to be a theme like she's constantly worried about so to me in my mind it's still somebody trying to either use their powers uh expose their powers there there is there is somebody that, that they're, 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 they're more trying to hide their powers than they are trying to hide themselves. And I, I can't, you know, I don't, obviously I don't know yet. It's only two episodes, but she seemed very relieved. A lot of speculation. <laughs> Super cool. And then, you know, once again, uh, you know, I got a note on here, so many questions, like they are just rifled with questions constantly. Um, you know, that's obviously intentional. Uh, it, they're, they're interrogated. I mean, just constant, like there's always follow-up questions, always follow-up questions. Dottie is relentless. So, like Dottie, in my mind, is a character like um, uh, Striker or somebody like that who's like some sort I got of. Magic theory. I got yeah. Okay, okay. So you know what? Let's do your theory because the next scene is ginormous at the end of the show. So let's do your. Let's talk about Dottie for a minute because I can okay, yeah. talk about Emma Caulfield all day, all day. Well, and I just I had it during the show. I didn't come into the show with it, but with the way that you explained her character in Buffy, which I wasn't super familiar with, I knew she was in the show, but I didn't know the ins and outs of her character. So if you notice that the department store that is in the background says Wentworth, real big letters, right? and it says department store, we know that the magic show is being held in that parking lot. So using critical thinking, it's safe to say that whoever owns Wentworth's department store is putting on this magic show. Who's the one common factor in that? That's Dottie. Dottie's putting on the show, right? And what's crazy, if you look up, just go on Google Wentworth and Marvel, and you'll discover that there is a character named Deidre Wentworth. Okay. Okay. Who ends up being Superior, who is a supervillain who wants women to control the Earth. We know that Marvel in the MCU, they take people from other places and put them in there and use outside storylines for this crazy theory that you just spurned on to me because she's a vengeance demon in Buffy specifically to avenge 
you know, people who were harmed by men. Yeah. What if Dottie is now Deidre Wentworth and oh, she I, is, and she's superior who again in, in Marvel, much like her character in Buffy is specifically for women to be in power and in control. Well, yeah, that's what, that's what me and my wife talked about. We're like, if you watch, if you watch her and Buffy for one minute, you, you just give her this role. Like you don't have, she, she didn't have to, I, I bet they went and got her for this role. It's like, she's so perfect for it. I, I doubt that she had to, I doubt that she had to uh, audition. Uh, it's perfect. Yeah, that's, ex- that that's, exactly, that's exactly who it's got to be. Um, man, she just, and it's perfect. Like she's perfect. She's uh, uh yeah, just everything, everything about it, everything about that fits, even the hairdo. What wonderful, by, by yeah. the way, let's talk about makeup and hair just for a second. Uh, it's amazing. It's perfect. Everybody looks great in this show. The hair looks great. Makeup is perfect. The, the, um, um, the wardrobe is just, they just nail it. Like everybody looks exactly how they want you to feel about them. Uh, it's yeah. just perfect. They really, they really took their time. Uh, credit to Disney Plus. They did the same thing with Mandalorian. They really took their time for the fans, and and they give you a quality show. I would rather you brought it up in episode one. We talked about is that I would rather have a shorter show that I can watch two to three times in a row than a longer show that, that they're constantly like leading me along and, 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 and kicking the dead horse, like just, just amazing. But, it, but once the show just looks, it just looks so good. So, so here Very we you know. yeah. yes, when the talent show, now we got, now it's, it's right at the end of episode two. This is freaking huge. Uh, uh, we got Wanda and vision at home. And once again, this is where, so I think we're going to figure out also too, like when we see them in their house alone, that is when they're truly, uh, a couple and they're really like, they let down their guard and all that. And they're a beautiful couple. They're doing it once yes. again. I, I can't, they're doing a great job, but something's about this house. This house is some sort of safe space for them. And I, in my mind, I imagine them like they might be laying side by side in some sort of interrogation, cold steel interrogation room. Or, but there's some sort of safe space that they develop in this house where they, they are more natural, mm-hmm. truly in love. And I think that, once again, I think that Wanda knows a little more what's up. I think Vision is 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 returning to what yeah. you know to himself because like they they brought it up a lot in Endgame or I guess Infinity War that once they removed Vision Stone, w- what does uh, Bruce Banner say? He, most of him is Vision, without perhaps the best parts. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I think that's what we've got. We've got the part of Vision without the stone. Just a guess. So anyway. So here we go. <laughs> We've got this moment. They're having a tender moment. They're talking to each other. Wanda turns. Vision is basically like, Wanda, she's pregnant. Probably, I, you know what? Hey, you're an expert at pregnancies, honestly. I'm being totally serious. How many how many months along does she up, appear without insulting her? Oh, man. She's got to be. So a slight bump, probably two to three months pregnant. At, like At least, right? Yeah, so two to three months pregnant. But what's crazy is that they're going to enjoy some time together. And they say the phrase for the children again, yeah. like I, I keep, I That's kept saying right. it earlier in the show because that plays a very prominent role, you know, at the show at, towards the end, they say the words for the children together. And then that's when we see, you know, Wanda come stand up kind of one side of hers, one profile is facing this way. As soon as we see her back profile, you know, you know, show, and then the other side of her profile shows, then she just magically has this bump. I had no idea it was going to happen. Like I know that the, 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 the 
biggest part of their story is the children. We, we talked yeah. about a little bit ago, the twins. I had zero clue that this was going to happen. I, I was as shocked as Vision was and as Wanda was. And she was so happy. Once again, she looked great. I mean, of course. like What did she say when she, when she noticed it and then looked at Vision? Her exact words were, is this is real this re- happening? And he said yes. Which leads so, me to think that he's kind of coming too. Like you yes, exactly. This was the first time to where I'm like that. Okay, there you go. I talked about it. this. Was the first time to where he assured was then the no a little bit more because then we could. We, I mean, it would take us a long time to explain in the comics how the twins come about with Vision and Wanda and all that. But this is whoever is controlling their reality. The, yeah. the twins are different. It could be. Um, we keep I keep bringing up that 2015 vision story if vision and there's a possibility based on what we just said based on him saying yes this is really happening maybe he is the one that is controlling the that family of it. and this could be Viv and Vin from it, that 2015 yeah, yeah we don't know which set of twins it's going to be I lean, Thomas and William I lean more towards Thomas and William because yeah. it just but but you're right it, it could go either way but but still, just, I mean, an absolute amazing moment. And then they're so happy, you know, when this happens. And then they they, they go to color. Like everything, the, the color floods over them. And, of course, just Vision's colors and stuff are just just wonderful. And um, Well, hang know, on. I'm, I'm so sorry. No, this, it could be confusing to, to miss this up. They don't go to color initially. That's when after this big moment happens. When okay. this happens. They That's hear right. another noise, right? Like we hear it. We, we brought it oh up. Oh my beginning. gosh! I'm so sorry. I missed it. My oh, notes. No. Yes, please. You're no, fine. no. This is this is huge. Uh, yes, please go back. So you know how I said that noise was like a recurring theme on this. You know, yeah. at the beginning it was outside, t- closer See, towards. And that's yeah. why I think that they're in something, and then it's like like, they're hearing, like I imagine, like uh, like imagine if you're in prison. Or, or you're a captive and you hear somebody walking down the hallway. Like that's what I imagine these noises are. That's just in my head. Like, you, you, so what you're saying is like this alternate reality that we're not seeing right now. Like they're basically being experimented yeah. on, and you're speaking yeah. to what's actually happening as opposed to yeah. what you're interpreting as like a dream or like an and, alternate. And so, so like they're like imagine like you know when you're a little kid and your imagination runs wild when you hear a noise. So what, what it really is, is like just somebody getting up in the middle of the night or your floor creaking. But what you see in your head is all this crazy stuff going yes. on. So I think we're seeing the crazy stuff. But go ahead and go go to the scene because this was this was weird. This is very comic-y, very comic-y. Yes, and you know how we go from eerie, how we said earlier, to I'm getting more uncomfortable with being un- or more comfortable with being uncomfortable. This is where it stopped. Because after they understand that they're pregnant, they hear an explosion, right? This is the third noise that they hear throughout this episode, and it yeah. turns everything around. So they go outside. It's still black and white. They go outside to the street, and there's a lone manhole in the <laughs> middle of the road. And you see them. They're staring, like, frightened, like they're scared. Like, it, yeah. it you, you feel like you can feel goosebumps on them through the TV show. Like, that's how... Eerie, it totally theme. reset the, the 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 feeling of the show, the mood Correct. of the show instantly in a good way. Like it wow, went from being like a campy sit like family sitcom to a, a horror movie in a split instantly. second. It you know it's like you know the kids are you know there's there's a group of teenagers about to you know get familiar with one another in in, in a cabin in the woods, and then they hear like <laughs> you know they hear the bad guy coming right so. That, that's basically what this felt like. You know, they found out that they're pregnant. They're about to get familiar with each other. And then they go outside and they see this lone manhole cover start, you know, scraping across the pavement outside. And, and like 
it's bone chilling. Like it just you like the and, camera that the the subtle movements of the camera that you see and them panning close to each other, you feel scared for them. Did you also like did you pick up on it too? Like when they went out and looked, it didn't look like the show looked up into that point. No. Like that their environment really is constantly changing. Completely different. Yeah, yeah, it's exactly I'm willing to bet too. I didn't go, I didn't pay particular time to the scene, but it looked like even the outside of their house, like the the outside yeah. part of their house looks different. We know that the interior has changed with the show as it's progressed from the fifties to the sixties, but it I think I'm pretty sure the exterior has changed as well. But they go out, they're still they're staring down this lonely street. It's dark. They see, you know, the the light coming off their street light on this lone manhole cover. They start hearing it scrape across the pavement. You see white gloves coming out and you see this an apiarist or a beekeeper pulling himself up out of a manhole cover. And then you you see it's kind of a side profile. And then there's like an immediate shift of their head looking right at them. And Wanda, her gut instinct in that split second was no. She says the word no loud and then everything re- rewinds everything rewound which th- that threw me totally off like so many theories were out the window at this point like i believe i believe that the the guy that got out of the mantle did he have the sword logo on too did. now so- what's creepy about this is that the sword keeps saying okay this is the entity sword what what's really interesting about the beekeeper aspect of it and this times in with the hydra is that this could be the organ the evil organization aim which oh. which I talked about earlier, Dottie, if she is um, Deidre Wentworth, she actually has a controlling interest in aim at different points throughout the comic books. And then Strucker is also a part of the evil organization aim too. But it's really weird that they would have the good guy symbol on the bad guys clothing, but that could be that whole communism piece that we were just talking about earlier, because we know eventually throughout the timeline of Marvel that Hydra infiltrates S.H.I.E.L.D., they infiltrate the good guy yes. part. So here's what I think another theory of mine is happening here. So, okay, real quick, we'll, we'll finish the show out real quick and then I'll, yeah. we'll, we'll get some crackpot theories here. So okay. she goes into rewind, like literally imagine like a VHS rewind and they go back into the house and this is where they're like, okay, let's reset. They go basically back to the moment when they were in says, Is this really happening? Is this really it happening? It matures her. Yes. Yes. And then yes. The, the entire scene floods with color. It looks great. Uh, everybody looks great. Um, you know, he's perfect. She's perfect. It's just, it's all, and just the colors and stuff that they use, like to see on, like, once again, the, the, the cinematography and everything. Very vibrant. Yes. Oh, it, it just, it, it, the, it's so good. And then, um, so that's it. That's, that's the end of episode two. That's how we finish. Hands um, out, and then we see again. Um, oh, we don't see another thing. Do you remember what they say at the end? It's a callback to what happened earlier in the show, that radio transmission that says, who's oh, yeah. doing it, Wanda? And then yeah. that's the end of the show. That's it. Yeah, there wasn't a cutscene or anything. So this goes on to, we talked about the beekeeper coming out, and, we, and we've talked about how we've um, we've had touches of Hydra, we've had touches of AIM, we've had touches of, of S.W.O.R.D. and all this stuff. I think an, another part of this, I, I believe that, just to, these are my crackpot theories here. So you know what? Let's switch to predictions here on yeah, the band. Yeah, let's do it, man. Yeah, let's, we're going to, we do this on the show. If you listen to last week after we summarize, well, you know what? Should we rate the show first? I However think we, you want to I think Let's rate the show. <laughs> and, um, let's, I did not put up episode two ratings. Uh, I feel so if you're, if you're watching this, uh, you know this. So let's, um, here's yes. how we rate the show. We decided last week we do uh, zero to six infinity stones because, yes. you know, it's an MCU show. So this episode, I actually give, 
I, I give it, it's, it's going to sound crazy. I give it four infinity stones out of six. I'm sure and you have an excellent reason as to why. The, the only reason is that's a, as of now, because I don't know what's going to happen in the future to change the things that I saw on the show. Um, it's not that I didn't like it, but four out of six is uh, is a ton. Like it's it's it was really 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 good. I thought it got bogged down a little with the uh, the drunken magic show. wasn't like I I I lost I lost a little bit of steam on the rewatch as opposed to when I rewatched episode one. Like I watched oh, it like yeah. the first time I ever saw it. So that's that's the biggest difference. But four out of six is not a negative. It was great. Looked great. I got Emma Caulfield. That should give it another Infinity Stone. But um. <laughs> But if I can't, I can't give them all six because then if there's a really, really extra good one, then what am I? We're gonna have to add Infinity Stone. So I give oh, it, a, there. I, I give it four out of six. Great episode. What about you, man? Well, yeah, and if I can go back to episode one, I probably, I probably lower it for that exact same reason. Because so you can, yeah, so you could raise it, but. I'll probably give one after seeing two, go back and watching one and getting out of my initial feeling just because we've gone like over a year without anything like MCU related being released. Right. So for it to be good is just, it's, it's amazing. So in my initial thought, you know, it was six infinity stones. Now after watching two, I may bump it down to four because this one I'll give it five. And just because you liked it better. Okay. I did because, and, and, as you're learning for me throughout the show, the amount of Easter, like the amount of stuff that they can put in within the exact same amount of time, my notes literally doubled, if not tripled in this episode. And the fact that they made me go through and research even more in this episode than they did in the first one, I got to give it a bump from four. You know, if I can pull a Wanda, say no, rewind back in time. <laughs> That's all we have to do. And, and change my my rating system. I'll do that. I'll change that sit that initial six down to four, and then I'll fast forward here. Things are in color now. I'm seeing things a little bit better. I'll give this one a. I'll give this episode a five, and I'll probably do that retroactively. Just keep decreasing it because hey, it's hard not to. That's that, that's the beauty of this show. Is it? Is there's no shelf life to it. It's a, you almost. I think to watch every episode you have you almost have to go back and almost watch them all again in a row like to keep up with like oh wait a minute i forgot about that i forgot about that and it's going to start getting crazy this week is going to be nuts i can't i can't wait to see so um i i think five out of six like i, th- I think i think that's fine i don't think a vengeance demon i don't think anya on yonka is coming for for steven well, I think that I think the fact that she played Avengers Demon specifically to take on men, and then again, the 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 talent show or the magic show was held in Wentworth parking lot, which again is Deidre Wentworth again, who's superior, who believes that women should take yep. a more prominent role to men. Yep. So I think that if they if they did do this, just the MCU is mean for making me go through and play that loophole in my head to where like, okay, she is superior. I think that is very possible that she is, but well, I think it's intentional too because a, a giant part of their fan base are, are Buffy fans. Like as soon mm-hmm. as I saw her, like I already, I already have a, a preconceived notion of Anya. So I don't it's think like it's Kitty in episode one. Like that's Kitty, you know? Exactly. So I, th- yeah. they're like, I think it's specific because uh, we we learned this with the Mandalorian, like. They they really play to the the giant fan base like they mm-hmm. so many things so I I one hundred percent think that it's that it's not a coincidence that it's, that it's Anya like I you know like every 
40 year old in the country loves <laughs> Buffy. And then yeah. they, they, so it's already a build in, you know what I mean? Like they don't have to develop this that's character. The role that she plays. Yeah. yeah you can, think, and, and that's genius. That's, that's great casting. It's um, you know, it's, that's how you make a show. So we'll get on to prediction. So we, we, we kind of talk about them as we go, but my general prediction didn't change a lot from episode one, but yeah. now what I kind of think's happening in my mind, I'll touch on it again. Uh, we've brought up all these, we've brought up Hydra. We've had, you know, aim, you know, you, you brought up all Word. these, all these yeah. different organizations. I think that my crackpot theory is that vision has been recreated. Wanda is helping develop him, but at the same time they're on the run. So now I, I think that they're on the run and that's why like when we see these, I don't, instead of trying to like, I, I originally was trying to figure out which bad guy they were going to use because that's what the MCU's always done. Yeah. Bad guy. And they go with it. I think that now they're bumping into more than one. And I think that as the time, that's why they're, that's why they're also moving through time because they're trying to find the perfect time period to hide. And so that, I think that is part of it. So now I'm starting to think that Wanda and vision are controlling the time period that they're in and where they're at to avoid you know, say cat, what, whatever the bad guys are doing and they keep bumping into different, like, I wouldn't be surprised if next week another entity shows up or, you know yeah. what I mean? Like I, I, that's in my mind, I picture them on the run. Yeah. And, and that's all fair and good. I think that my, my predictions haven't really swayed that much. Uh, you know, with, again, I, I, I talked about it on this episode, just like I did the last, they're picking from several storylines. I think and putting it all in one to keep the, the predictability of it, just like really difficult. It's really difficult to figure out which storyline that they're using. Right. We're not really going to know a lot until we know what happens with these kids, because if the kids make it right, you know, it's huge. It's huge. And depending on what they name these kids, I also wouldn't be surprised if they picked one from each storyline. <gasps> Just to kind of keep the predictability down. Or, like, we don't know that they won't do both. Um, well, that's, that's true. Maybe it, I, I think it's a possibility that this is all on purpose and that Wanda and Vision, because they got lightning in a bottle with these two actors and this is so great and you never know, like I'm just, I'm talking like business future is that they might be moving us through all of the storylines of these two, like instead of picking one, they're jumping us through each of them on purpose. So like, I think almost everybody's trying to figure out which one yeah. And I think they might literally on purpose be touching on all these as if imagine like Wanda and Vision go back through time and they're jumping through the comics for, for 50 years of them. I think, well, Vision's only about 40 years old, but you know what yeah. I'm saying? So I, I think I think it might be totally intentional that is why we can't figure it out because, and I, and you brought it up, I think we might have one set of twins and then we may get the other. And yeah. we may even get, we may, one of these episodes, I think we're going to get the Vision family. Like I it, really do. I think we're gonna get the full vision family. Like I think they're gonna, I think they're moving through all the storylines that these two have went through because they're so like, they're not the, um, uh, we're going to say they're not the uh, most read storylines as far as casual fans. Yeah. So you can jump through all these and nobody like if, uh, if it's the incredible Hulk, like a lot of people know, like, okay, here we go again with the gamma rays, but Spider-Man, we know that Uncle Ben, you know, you're so familiar, but these two here can, can tell you so much of their history and, you know, and so that, that could be, it. I might be totally wrong. They might be on one storyline, but I'm wondering if they're not time jumping and, and so to speak, but maybe not like physically time jumping. That's the part I can't figure out. Are we really going back in time or are, are we in a, 
a cell somewhere and it's all in our brains. I hope it's not all in our brains because sometimes I don't like when shows do that. Well, here's the thing, like like you mentioned, they could do so much from this. Like they could they could be setting up the next Marvel big bad. And I think that that's oh, a sure. that's a great prediction. And here and here's my thing, like it could be Mephesto because Mephesto is an, an integral part to not only just characters that are established in the MCU, but other characters that they're likely to bring in down the line. And I want to say that he's a great character to bring into it. Like that's something that has not been touched on. I, I want to see Marvel start bringing, bringing some of these unfamiliar characters in. I love it. So they could do that. We also understand that this that this storyline is going to somehow tie into Doctor Strange. Now, if you're familiar with Doctor Strange, there's a particular character that he goes up against named Nightmare. And if it's Nightmare, that could also play into the whole show within a show field, the unknown of what's actually happening, why things are constantly shifting around them. Like Nightmare could be doing this for Doctor Strange, you know, a multiverse of mayhem coming up soon, which... Yeah. That, from all accounts that we that we know, is going to be more of like a horror movie. And if we look at episode two, the way it ended, it definitely had like a horrorish feel to it. So yes. this could be setting up that. If it's talking about your time loop that you're talking about, they could be talk. They could be setting up King the Conqueror. So like, there's so many people that could be set up in this. I think that there's going to be one kind of um, sub villain, I guess, that's going to be like the the main villain throughout the duration of this. That's going to unveil the next big bad. So like, I could see. Um, you know, Mephesto kind of being that sub-villain, unfortunately, based on his tie-in specifically with Wanda and Vision, him somehow probably being defeated, and then that leading into like a Nightmare or a Kang yeah. the Conqueror. Well, and another thing that's going to happen that's, that's unavoidable, this show, like th through two episodes, is a giant shock hit. Everybody's going to love it. So now you're already preparing for the next season of it, which changes things like, cause you don't know how these are going to go. Like you don't mm -hmm. know that people are going to love it. This is going to be a giant hit. I guarantee they're already like, okay, season two is in the works as we speak. So that also is going to steer the, the as far as like the future of the MCU, you know, or even if they don't do a, a second season of this particular WandaVision, like you could definitely see them like, okay, we have several, we have several superheroes that are in the limelight right now through our movies. Let's talk about some of the other guys that we're not like putting out mass production in the movies and doing like these little TV shows while that's yeah. going on at the same I just, time. I just don't, I don't know. Like if they can, they, they've got to keep Elizabeth old. Like they just have to do whatever they can do to get like, I'm, I'm just, I just know how these things go. It's going to be just like yeah. Mandalorian money is going like people are going to want more in a year from now. So <laughs> Oh man, man, that was fun. Uh, yeah, it was a good time, man. Episode one was good. Episode two was great. I can't wait. I'm I I used to like to binge my shows. I don't hate it now that Disney releases them. It's going to be one a week now. I believe it's not. We're it's not like how it used to be. You used to have to wait a week. Yeah, for the next episode of TV it, to come it out. Be frustrating, but man, I can't wait till you know Friday night to to watch the next episode, and then we'll uh, you know we get to do stuff like this because I, I, of that now. So. Wait, yeah. So so that's it. That was episode two, everybody. Um, I want to thank uh, Stephen Gillespie, my co-host, for being on. Uh, Jeff needs help. Um, you know, setting the screen, our new, our new project. Uh, we'll bring this to you every episode of WandaVision. Uh, that was episode two, you know, obviously episode three, look forward to it as, as soon as you can. Um, you know, go once again, go check Steven out at off the ball network and check mm -hmm. him out on his podcast at breaking the game where he does. He's just, he does just as much research and in depth and, and, um, puts all the effort in his basketball podcast that that you, that you get here, um, Stephen. Um, anything you want to say before we get out of here? 
No, man, just uh, had a lot of fun doing this. I can't wait for the next episode, man. It's going to be fun. Thank you for letting me do this with you, brother. This no, is no, no, it's, it's my time. pleasure. It's it's my pleasure. I, this is a, as much fun as I've had doing a podcast in a while. As much as I love sports, this was comics are probably 1A in my book. And this is oh, a man, I love it. I so love it. I want to thank everybody who watched. I want to thank everybody who listened. And we will, uh, hey, thanks for helping. Yeah, absolutely. Much love, everybody.